TTB Music Podcast Rewind. Right. Yeah, apparently we're back again. Oh god, we're on. Yeah. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> See, it's amazing. This is so hard to kind of, as like you say, last, like you said last time, to try and remember what we used to do and actually be professional and. Actually, no, wait. No, we were never professional. <laughs> no, we never um, that. No, but you know, kind of. Be totally prepared and Blimey. okay. Cues and all that. Cues and yeah, yeah. Right. Intros. Mm, right. Yeah. Scripted. No. <laughs> anyway, four, four, four albums, more. four albums. We've got four albums that the critics, yeah. them critics, not us, obviously. No. Need to wait to find out what we think. Yeah. But the critics, or mass, or mass, have liked for various reasons. So, Dave, psychodrama. Fountains DC Dogrel, Baroness Golden Grey, and Ways or Ways Blood Titanic Rising. No idea how you pronounce it. I go Ways. Um, think it's fair to say before we start. Think we're covering most of the bases musically on this podcast. No, we're definitely covering most of the bases musically here. Yeah, we're Good yeah. Grief. We will get to it. It's safe, safe to say that this is quite a varied bunch this we've got here. Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to start with Dave and Psychodrama. And uh, critics, or at least one critic at least, has said one of the most thoughtful, moving, and necessary albums of 2019 so far. Wow. Anyway, it's a debut album. It is of the uh, rap genre. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Well, it is, and it's not. And it, it, is. Is, it's not. it is not. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Peter. Psychodrama. Oh, right. Psychodrama. Are the critics right? Yes. The end. Okay, moving on to the next one. <laughs> so, so, um, Tis, one of the most thoughtful, moving and necessary albums. Um, bearing in mind we've not listened to many this year so far. That I, we <laughs> yes. have listened to so far this year. Um, it's... Uh, what I, I, love, I, love the, I love the interesting hook. We had a couple of these last time around on podcast two. Um the sort of the theme the sort of kept coming back to this uh dave in the chaise long in a therapy's what's the word i'm like a counselor's office yeah uh, i yeah. thought it was a bit naff yeah i got no, i quite because so many albums um particularly rap albums particularly you know it's more more an american thing i think to do the skit you know and i'm thinking of it yeah yeah yes yeah i think you said all that um it's sort of the, the sort of the skit element that sort of li- links it all together, um, and true, it it sounded more genuine to begin with and did get a little bit naffer as it went on, um, but that's until we get to that track, which I'll come to. You know the one, mm-hmm. um, and I guess what what it what it as a debut album, uh, he really gets to set out his manifesto. Uh, you have. Psycho and Streatham, which are loud and brash and, you know, straight from, straight from, you know, the trap there. Um, you have Purple Heart, 
mm. uh, which takes it in a slightly different direction. Um, and then you have the visceral Leslie, which uh, sort of brings brings it all together. Um, and it is a real psychodrama, uh, indeed, yeah. story uh, within within very screwy pipish Yes, very. Uh, it's once or twice I was reminded of old Pip a couple of times in the sort of the way that that that, that Dave conveys uh, a, a good telling of a good a good narrative. Um, he manages to sort of talk about what it means what it means to be black, what it means in terms of identity, that corner of South London, um, what it means to get away from that, what it means to embrace it, um, and, and ultimately what it means to 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 want to be famous and then be famous or be loved um mm. you know and at one point in the middle of the record he's sort of when he's doing a, a doing what we can only describe on this podcast as a drake and tearing it all down um he does sort of say in the middle of it all and you know without the fans um i love you all and you just i just wouldn't be able to keep going i mean sort of the energy of the the live performance is there yeah um so for me i found it i found it um at times I found it throughout an enjoyable, a really enjoyable album, uh, and at times I found it quite thought-provoking and disturbing, as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think like um, the original Stormzy record and stuff like that. I think I think it's an album where <coughs> it kind of addresses to a certain degree the, the whole concept of kind of self and, and mental well-being. Um, in a more kind of general thing, and how and how you actually respond to things in in, in life. As you say, it's, it's very it's, it is very raw and visceral at times, but it is it is a ultimately for me, for me a very engaging and confident exploration of the self, mm. if you like, um, and in the mind of uh, of a young man who's you know, whose older brothers are both in prison, but he was he was the kind of partly because his mom forced him to the kind of studious son yeah um should not say he didn't get into any trouble but but you know it's, it's a thing and there's the whole thing about you know when this happened, when your dad's gone and then your brothers have yeah gone on track that, that you have to be I guess the thing if you have to be the man you have to start earning some money to bring in to feed to feed your family and support your family all that kind of thing um which I think is dealt with particularly on Screwface Capital mm. um I really almost liked uh, environment towards the end, the end of the album when there's this, this great line. I think I've written down somewhere. Is it, um, you see our gold chains and our flashy cars. Yeah. I see a lack of self worth yeah. and I see battle scars. He, he who has to be with twenty man when he wears jewellery, and all you see is a gangster. I see it as insecurity. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like yeah. that kind of thing that. Not trying to, he's not trying to excuse things, but he's trying to say that, like anything else. Just you see what you want to see. You don't necessarily see the truth, and which is quite often the way in life. As we find out, it's people that are quite often the loudest, and even at schools, most troublemakers, if you like, are not necessarily all the all bad. It's you know, it's it's there's light and dark in everyone. Um, Gee, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did provoke your thoughts, didn't it? Yeah, um, 
But as you say, Leslie is a, is a, is, a, is eleven minutes, but it's a really, it's really good, cr- great story, well told. Yeah, um, and you have that nice coda at the end as well. Yeah, I, I think some people find it a bit kind of over the top. Um, and I can see why you might, but for me, it it kind of worked. Um, and as you say, it, it's it's fifty-one minutes long. It could again could have been shorter, but it still manages to just avoid overstaying its welcome and reaching the point where you're thinking mm, we should stop now. Yeah. Um, I should say the bits that didn't work for me are the bits in the middle where he kind of basically, as you say, becomes a mainstream American artist. Because um, <laughs> yeah. there are two tracks in the middle that are yeah, yeah. basically that, 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 and it's it's great, you know, location disaster. Uh, not saying either of them are bad tracks, but that's when it fell into. Okay, this could be one of the thousand people yeah. doing this track, yeah. and whilst it shows that he's capable of doing lots of things, and he can by all accounts, including including sing quite well, play piano yeah. well, in fact, yeah. like the piano beats and yeah. this thing. Piano um, is interesting. Yeah, piano. I think where he's a bit more raw works good. Yeah, agree. Moving from that to uh, an album that's dis- been described as post-punk and various other things um, mm-hmm. by Fountains DC uh, from Dublin, Doggerel. Uh, critics said of this, an album of tremendous ardour and vivid landscapes and interspersed with an Irish underdog spirit. Hmm. Indeedy. Um, this album starts with a song called Big, which is uh, short, and two minutes. In fact, the first two songs in the album are very short. Uh, are quite quite yeah. short, but I do like the opening couplet of "Big," um, which is uh, "Dublin in the rain is mine, a pregnant city with a Catholic mind," yeah. um, which I do think kind of immediately sets the kind of scene in a way for for, for the for the album and the theme of that track of being you know my childhood was small but I'm going to be big, yeah. um, which is kind of played out over a kind of strokes esque kind of musical beat um, but with a bit of the kind of Johnny Rotten kind of snarl in the kind of uh, delivery which kind of continues a bit into the second track of Sha 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 and at that, this point I was thinking uh, if we just got another band who are just basically wannabe strokes yeah. cover bands that are kind of yeah, fine whatever but then we get onto track three with Too Real and Track four, television screens, and track five, hurricane laughter, and suddenly something truly magic happens. And you suddenly realise that actually, no, it's not just another Strokes cover band, because suddenly you're hearing Squeeze, the Sex Pistols, early Joy Division, Nirvana, the Smiths, mm. and towards the end of the album, Pogues, mm. and even dare I say towards the end of the album, a bit of Shawadi Ruddy. What I mean here is not that it sound anything like Shawadi Ruddy, but there's there's that. Um, Particularly in the drumming, there's that '60s early rock and roll Teddy Boy yeah. drum beat style yeah. going on in a couple of the tracks. Yeah. That was used quite readily by people like Shawadi Wadi. Um, and this is just a really great record because, um, as good as the first four tracks are, it get, where it really kicks in is for me at least is Hurricane Laughter, which is just I sat there and kind of went, ah. Oh, yeah. yeah, this, this yeah. is what this I want. Yeah. yeah, and from there on, it's for me near perfection. Yeah. Uh, 
Roy is a nice gentle pop really tune like, yeah, uh, yeah. with hints of the Smiths yeah. and then, you, then, then you've got the lots checkered reckless and then you move on towards the, towards the end of the album where you've got a big rock jam of kind of like Boys in the Better Land which is another great kind of rocky tune yeah. and then you have the very kind of pogues yeah. ode to Dublin kind of thing with Dublin City Sky yeah, at, nice. at, at, the, at the kind of end um, you could quite rightly say I think that lead singer uh, I think his name is Graham Graham Chatton. Not the best vocalist in the world. No, certainly comes from. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of thought of him in the, in the kind of kind of Irish version of kind of Dave Gedge. Yeah, when he present kind of thing. Um, but it works. The album lasts forty minutes. Proper album, therefore, as far as I'm concerned. Loved it. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, again, really like the first couple of tracks because of that that sort of ability to twist the twist the rhyme, um, twist the lyrics, and do something quite entertaining. Yeah, but for, again, for me, it does begin track five, track six, Hurricane Laughter, followed by Roy's tune. Yeah, because you get the blistering sort of movement and rock of Hurricane Laughter is brilliant, and then you get Roy's tune at complete contrast. Yeah, and and it really changes the album, and you think, ah, it all sort of falls into place, um, which is great. Uh, you mentioned Joy Division, um, so yeah, again, early Joy Division, early sort of Peter yeah. Hook style guitar, particularly on television screens and one or two others as well. Um, you know, he remind, he remind me of as well, um, Marky Smith, the fall, post punk. Yes, just yeah, the sort yeah, of no, way. No, yeah, I haven't thought that. But the yes, way he right, sort of yes. told the story. On some of the tracks, um, not not everyone, but I, I I got a real sort of fall vibe. No, uh, I think that's I think that's well. more than valid. So again, so sort of fits within that period, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, yeah, really really good all the way. Yeah, I really like the um, the sort the, the the lyrics. It's sort of very sort of pushes the sort of the the, the poetry of the and the, the sort of rhyming of the lyrics out front quite early on. Yes. Then sort of it ta- almost takes a back seat. And then, as you say, towards the end, it sort of he pushes it forward again. Um, the track in particular, um, "Boys in the Better Land," the yeah. sort of the story. I really like the rhyming. Uh, uh, spits out Brits. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> maybe chuckle. Um, you know, it's just the way that sort of drops in there. Um, yeah, uh, it's sort of visceral. You know, uh, of telling a story uh, of a guy. No, I really liked it. Really, really liked this album a lot. Hey, good indie album. Good indie album. Only waited ten years. <laughs> Moving on from indie to rock. Is that it? We don't get any more indie albums now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we have the uh, fifth album from a American heavy metal hard rock band oh. called Baroness. Oh yeah. Uh, Golden Grey. Um, critics have said of this: by trying to annihilate what's gone before and truly raise themselves higher, they've created a special record with a depth that will have you under its spell a decade from now. No. <laughs> and you know how we like our metal. Yeah. But how we like our metal is... <laughs> you, know how, you know how I always surprise you with my, my love of metal. Yeah. Um, so, no, no, not quite. Not quite. It, it's an interesting one, this, because... It, it, it's on the prog side of it. It is on the prog, you progress, yeah, the progress side. It, it does rock. Oh, for sure it does rock. I mean, it opens, 
Yeah, the first um, half of the album. First half of the album, in particular. Uh, front Towards the Enemy is real rock. Um, oh, God, I can't do that again. And, uh, you know, so it, it, it get, I get that. But then there's this kind of... And normally, you know, normally I like it when they do this. When when they when when the metalists when they, yeah. when, they, when they do this when they bring in the sort of uh, psychedelia or the sort of yeah. the sort of um, Mobiesque <laughs> ethereal landscape stuff. Um, I I'm normally a fan because I'm always like oh, I don't know you do that I like it. That didn't quite didn't quite sit with me this one. Um, I suppose there are a couple of exceptions um, when you go from. Anchor's Lament, which is an instrumental of yes. that type, yeah. uh, through to Throw Me an Anchor. <laughs> See what they did there. Um, yeah, that, that, that kind of worked. And the, the last couple of tracks, in particular Pale Sun, uh, really like the last track. <laughs> I can't remember the last track. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I really like the last track. Um, seriously. Uh, so, so, again, sometimes it worked, but I'm afraid most of the time... It, it didn't, and, and there was a, another track as well, quite early on, where you, you got. I thought, I thought they were taking a break, and th- do you know what I thought? I thought the, the sort of softer lyrical style, which was a bit more indie, mm. actually thought worked really be- well, and then it just goes into sort of middle of the road rock again. I'm like, mm, okay, <sighs> those are my thoughts. Yeah, um, boringly. For any listeners, I, I I do tend to agree. I mean, I, I I like the fact that you know they're trying to pull in kind of pop, electronica, folk, yeah. prog rock stuff. All, no, all, all, all one, 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 one thing I think that's like that. that's uh, um, a positive thing, and clearly there's some solid yeah. to very good musicianship yeah. on yeah, shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you say, it starts off well. Uh, Front towards enemy. Uh, I'm already going. I really liked seasons. Fine. Yeah. Tourniquet. I really like. Yeah. And I say into Anchor's Lament, which is 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 fine. Yeah. Um. But um, it kind of reminded me of um. Be two or three years ago, we reviewed an album by Mastodon, <laughs> which was also a similar type style of re- 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 record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. That wasn't the one that sounded like a Broadway musical, was it? No. No. Um, I was was thinking about that. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I had to look at what I said about about that. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I think I liked that album better. Uh, It was more of a cohesive record. My problem with this record, um, it does, does, is it, well, it's an hour uh, and it feels like an hour. Yeah. Uh, Also, (laughs) I found this. I've genuinely, I have genuinely listened to this album three three times, uh, the, the, and I, I didn't think I'd get through it three times because after the first couple of times, I was thinking yeah. I don't really need to listen to it again. But I thought, no, I'll give it. I'll, I'll, I've got time. I'll give it another listen. And then it occurred to me halfway through the third listen, which was yesterday, what my problem was. Well, I had two problems with it. One, I kind of thought, basically, I'm listening to Keen, um, and this explains why I'm so bored. <laughs> And two, I was thinking, <laughs> clearly I mixed this album because it sounds fucking awful. You mean like the podcast? <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Seriously, this was produced and mixed by by Dave Fridman, yeah. who has worked with Mercury Rev, Flaming Lips and MGMT. But I've got C90s that are recorded tape to tape, to tape 30 years ago that yeah. sound... 
clearer and crisper than this record. It sounds like it was... Maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm so, picking up on that. Yeah. Mm. So I'm thinking maybe it's uh, maybe it is the album that will have me under its spell a decade from now when the remix <laughs> when the when the remix and remastered the version remastered of it comes out, out when yeah, I kind of yeah. go ah, ah that's what I was missing yeah. actually it's a work of genius yeah but on this basis it's not yeah. and most of the people that it has a Metacritic score of ninety one how they're wrong yeah sorry sorry critics yeah yeah. Anywho, sublime to ridiculous. Um, <laughs> we now go on to uh, um, what can best described as. Uh, actually, I don't, it's, it's quite hard to describe this album, actually. It Anyways, um, it's kind of a 60s, 70s very, throwback album. Yeah. Um, but that, at the same time, is kind of doing it injustice. Um, well, Chris has said about this, and I think, actually, bizarrely, this is a very true statement in, in a lot of ways. It's just to say, to genuinely appreciate this album, you need to sit with it and let it wash over you. And I think that is very, very Quite true possibly. of this record. Yeah. Um, Way is Blood is... Uh, I can't remember what the lady's name is, but she is just a solo artist, but goes by this thing. And what you've basically got on this record is, is somebody who has a huge love of late 60s, early 70s pop music, if you want a better, better word, but you need to be thinking Carpenters, Joni Mitchell, Leonard Cohen, that kind of thing. It starts off very much in that kind of vein where the lots can change. Um, Andromeda, very, very laid back. Some Actually, Summary, summary kind of kind of things, and you are thinking that kind of Carpenter's kind of vibe. When you're thinking, oh, I've got a whole album of, of just this, and on first listen it kind of is, but then when you when you re-listen, you you kind of think actually no, it's not because then you listen to songs like Every Day, which you could actually imagine Amy Mann doing, um, you know, Mirror Forever, which has a very kind of Lana Del Rey kind of vibe going mm, on, go, going, yeah. going on it. Um, movies, which is uh, Leonard Cohen meets Enya. Um, and it starts, at least for me, it, it, it started uh, to kind of get under my skin. And and this was literally, and this was today on, th- on, on third listen, because I have to confess, the, the first two listens I was thinking a bit, bit along the lines of Bar- Baroness, and I was thinking, no, I'm not getting it. Yeah. You know, lots of people are saying it's great, uh, and lots of people in various different ways. So, so going from NME to Mojo to um, Pitchfork to various, you know, a wide variety of publications mm. raving about this. I was thinking, mm, no, I'm not sure I get this at all. Um, but on today's listen, when I was walking to work, it's suddenly the kind of the kind of layers of it suddenly started making sense to me, and the songs started living a bit more than they, than they were before. Um, so whilst I'm still not totally convinced, I'm convinced enough to know that I'm going to go back and give it another listen or two to see if it actually works for me or not. Yeah. Um... Uh, likewise, I think I deserve to give this another listen. I mean, my own, my own immediate thoughts are it's not really my cup of tea, uh, mm. as the female singer-songwriter style goes. Um, 
but yeah, very something very seventies. And I mean that in a in a great way. It's a throwback, but it, it works. Um, and uh, really, sort of, sort of found found that that it, it was it, it, the more you listen to it, the more you let it, as you say, wash over you. Uh, the easier it was, or the more it was to engage with it, I should say. Um, I really particularly like the tra- track "Something to Believe." I think for me, that's when I started to get it. Mm. So, so you were like four or five tracks in at that point. And that's when it's all started to click. Because up until that point, I was like, mm, it's a bit middle of the road. It's not really, I'm not really feeling this. Uh, but but I think from that point onwards, it, yeah. it, it clicked for me. Um, and as you say, all those different sort of links to the past, to other great singer songwriters, uh, men and women. Um, I thought it was, yeah, I thought, I thought that's, that's what worked for the album. Uh, I probably should go back and listen again. I don't know if I will, but I probably should. It's short enough. It is definitely. <laughs> it's it's it's, al- it's, it's short enough. It's yeah. album length. It's a proper album length. Yeah, forty-two minutes. Yeah, which is fine, particularly when you're doing this. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> As I'm reminded now that we're doing it again regularly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, 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 my new rule. My new rule is, you know, we're not reviewing anything that goes over over an hour. If it goes over an hour. Forget it. Unless Anymore. it's spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's from unless it's from one of our. Favourites. Artists. Artists. Then, yeah. Yeah, but Bowie's not releasing an album anytime soon, so... Apparently. Bowie. Oh, Bowie. Bowie. Well, you never know, he might be. Well, I've said that all along. As as, as we know, being dead just definitely doesn't stop people releasing records. I had the same discussion with my brother-in-law. It it will not stop him. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) We should pick a favourite. Before we go down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Well, I, I think it'll be unsurprising for most people listening to, to, to know that we're clearly going to pick one of the first two. Yeah. Um, I am going to go for Fountains DC. Yeah. Uh, purely because how much we've struggled to find indie albums yeah. that we genuinely think are anything more than meh. Yeah. Um, which is no disservice to Dave's album, which I think is a very good record and will definitely appear in some top tens, top fives to come the end of the year. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm going to pick Dave, although I agree with everything you said. Again. I agree with Nick. <laughs> <It's an> outdated <laughs> political reference. 